Hey, good evening. I hope. If I can get situated here. Happy Wednesday to everyone who's uh, with me so far. Hello, Carol. It's always good to see somebody re responding that, uh, that I know somebody's there. Um, I've, been, I've been scrambling a little bit. I turned my laptop on and updating. Please wait. <laughs> so... I wasn't sure when uh, it was going to be done updated, but I guess I'm all updated now. Um, there you go. Glad that a bunch of you are jumping on. Welcome to a Wednesday night. I hope your week is going well. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Cheryl. Fannings are here. Yeah. I, hey, I want to thank George. I don't know if George is on yet or not, but... Um, I appreciate George uh, teaching the class last week. Um, he set the bar real high, you know, and I knew he would. Um, but uh, I'll tell you this, George did not have a whole lot of time to prepare his class. Um, kind of last minute last week, I said, is there any chance someone else can teach this class? And George said, yeah, I will. So thanks to George. And if you're expecting me to pull off the same kind of like PowerPoint and all that stuff that George has been doing, um, life is full of disappointments. But it is seven o'clock and we're going to start on time um, because we have to end on time tonight. In my announcement, I, I asked you to be thinking about something and, and I want you to put some of these in the comments, but I have to put a disclaimer in first. My announcement was, be thinking of the weirdest, strangest thing you have ever seen happen in public. And right after I posted that, Angie, our children's minister, stuck her head in my office and said, hey, that's pretty bold. You know, asking people for the weirdest things they've seen in public. I said, why? What? I mean, she goes, well, you know, Gasparilla, you know, Ybor City, two o'clock in the morning. You better make sure they're G-rated. I never even thought of those guys. Okay, so here's my disclaimer. I want to know if you've seen anything really strange happen in public, but it's got to be pretty G-rated, okay? It's got to be like Sefner Walmart kind of strange, not um, not Ybor City at 2 in the morning kind of strange. So um, what is the strangest thing that you have ever seen happen in public? And... I asked that question uh, to kind of set up the class for tonight, but I asked the question, and the truth is, I don't have anything to, to share with you. I can't really think of anything that I would call strange that I have really seen in public, and, and maybe some of you have. Martha's with me tonight. She's going to let me know if anybody... Uh, Charlene Ingram, of course, uh, a Batmobile driving down 56th Street. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Charlene. A Batmobile on 56th Street. That is great. That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Kind of thing that, okay, not used to seeing that. There you go. Uh, a Batmobile on 56th Street. 
Yeah. Um, anybody else have anything strange that they've seen? Not yet. Didn't okay. up on mine. Well, maybe we need to look a little harder at strange things going on. Uh, but like I said, I don't. Do you have anything that you've seen that's like, well, that's really well, strange? Mark said you've been to the Seth for Walmart. And yeah. You've never seen anything stranger. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, that that's but but I'm one of the strange things Claudia, at, at Seth or Walmart. So Claudia, alligator crossing the street in my neighborhood. Okay. Uh, Zoo, Ghostbusters, and Brandon. Pam Campbell, I saw a skeleton driving a floor polisher in Walmart. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Lucy. Ghostbusters, like people dressed like Ghostbusters or actual people trying Lucy to? Lucy said an abandoned puppy in a shopping cart at Walmart. It's all Walmart. <laughs> An abandoned puppy at a shopping cart in Walmart. Daryl Berry said, if you could have spent a little time on my bus, you yeah, would have seen a lot. I bet. Yeah, I bet Daryl's got um, lots of stories to tell about what people do in public. Um, anybody else? Your son, Will. Mm. A little kid saying, I want to see the porcupines. Where are the porcupines? I hate myself. And then, why are you so angry at yourself? That's one of those family things. You had to be there. Yeah. Um, my, my my class tonight, my thought tonight, if you saw the announcement, uh, you know where I'm headed. I'm headed to Luke chapter 5, um, and I'll get there in just a minute, about um, strange things happening, um, something that you just don't see every day. And I actually want to start this class with a story. It is actually one of my favorite stories, and if it's a favorite story of mine, it means I might have told it to some group at some time. I can't remember if I did or not, but it's a true story. Um, and, and I like it because I'm, I'm a big basketball fan. And I know it's true because it's told, I, I, I read a, an article where one of the people in the story told it, a guy by the name of Tony Bennett. And not Tony Bennett the singer, Tony Bennett the basketball player. And I bet none of you have ever heard of Tony Bennett the basketball player, Tom or Mike might've, but uh, Tony Bennett, 30 years ago, won the Naismith Award for being the best basketball player in the country under six feet tall. And I know that's like bragging about climbing the highest mountain in Kansas, but still, you know, he's a, he's a guy that can play ball. And he very uh, briefly played in the NBA. He played on uh, a team for the, the Charlotte Hornets when they were the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you never heard of Tony Bennett, the basketball player, but you have heard of two people on that team, Alonzo Mourning and um, Larry Johnson. And so Tony Bennett tells the story of being on that team in the playoffs, game seven of the playoffs. They're playing the Boston Celtics and the coach comes in and he's giving this pregame pep talk. And the coach turns to Larry Johnson, who was a big NBA star and says, Larry, when I'm finished, I want you to lead us in the Lord's prayer. Alonzo Mourning is sitting by Tony Bennett. And Alonzo starts snickering, starts laughing. And Tony Bennett says, Alonzo, you know, this isn't a time to be cutting up. We've got to be serious. Get ready for the game. And Alonzo Morning says, yeah, but look at Larry. He is sweating bullets. He has no idea how the Lord's Prayer goes. And sure enough, Larry Johnson is there, you know, looking for some help. And he's not getting any. The coach finishes. He nods to Larry. He says, go ahead and lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Larry Johnson bows his head and said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. 
If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. But the funniest part of that story is Alonzo Mourning then turned to Tony Bennett and said, wow, Larry does know the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories. Um, and I tell you that for, for this reason. There are things that are well known that we don't know very well. Now, there are some things that, that, that are well known, but when it comes right down to it, we don't know them very well. And I think that's true spiritually. There, there are things that, well, that's a, that's a popular story. That's a common story. Everybody knows that. And, and I certainly know all about it. But my perception doesn't always match reality. Um, this morning, or tonight, I told you we were going to be uh, in Luke chapter 5, and we are. But what I really want to focus on is the idea of faith. And Jesus is going to make a statement about faith in Luke chapter 5. And I want you to be thinking before we get there about what does faith look like? You know, we all can define faith and we, we, we all, we all uh, you know, can, can talk about faith, but what does it look like? What does the faithful actions of a faithful person look like? Now, what would it take to look at someone or something and say, well, that's, that is the faithful actions of a faithful person. Um, our story tonight is about a paralyzed man who his friends try to get him to Jesus. The, the house is so filled with other people that they cut a hole in the roof and they lower the man down. Jesus forgives the man. Jesus heals the man. Uh, you know that story really well. And that's the story we're going to talk about. Um, you all know if you've, if you've heard me teach very often or heard me preach, you know I'm a, I'm a really nerdy guy. I'm a big fan of the Statler Brothers, the old country group. And the Statler Brothers actually have a song that included this story. There's a man in, in here. Or there's a man in there. And one of the verses was, there's a man in there that I'm looking for, cried the man who could find no room at the door. So they lowered him down on a stretcher bed. And Jesus looked at him and said, all your sins are all now gone this day. Take up your mat and go your way. As he walked through the crowd, they heard him declare, I can tell you all, there's a man in there. That's the Statler brothers. Check them out sometime. You'll appreciate them. Um, that's their version of this story. Luke is going to tell it much better. So let's take a look at Luke's version of this story. Uh, it's found in all three synoptic gospels, by the way. Uh, but we're going we're to focus on Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Um, I'm going to kind of read through it. We'll stop a little bit. But I, I, again, I want you to focus on a statement that Jesus makes about faith and be thinking why he made it and sort of the implications of it. Uh, Luke 5, 17. One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. So Luke gives us the, the context here. Jesus is teaching. Uh, there are a lot of Pharisees, teachers of the law that are listening, sitting there. We know what their agenda is going to be. But Jesus is also healing. So we know there are people there who are looking for a healing. And we know there's people there who are with people who are looking to be healed. Verse 18. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat. Uh, some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Again, I'm sure there was a lot of people sick and injured. I'm sure there was other people on mats 
trying to get to Jesus. Verse 19. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And here's the verse that I, I want to kind of I want us to focus on. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith did he see? Not the people around him. Not the guy on the stretcher. He, when he saw their faith, it's got to be talking about the friends, right? He said, friend, now he's talking to the guy on the mat. Your sins are forgiven. Verse 21. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? I told you they had their own agenda. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, they don't say this out loud. They don't whisper to each other. They're thinking it. Verse 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking. It's a dangerous thing to think things around Jesus. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Now, if I were one of the Pharisees, if I were one of the teachers of the law, and I was thinking something in my heart, and this guy just said, why are you thinking that I can't forgive his sins? If someone would, could tell me the very thing I'm thinking about, he would have my attention. And then if he did what Jesus is about to do, he would really have my attention. So Jesus, you know, the, the only mir the, the, the miracle here is not just what Jesus does for this man. You know, he, he knew what these guys were thinking. Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home, praising God. Everyone, here's an understatement, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Yes, they had. They had seen some remarkable things. But look again at verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. What was it that Jesus saw? What was it that Jesus recognized as faith? He sees these men. Um, he sees what they're doing. He says, wow, that's impressive. That's faith. What was it he saw? It's, it's a really deep story. It's a really fascinating story. And there are a lot of things that we could talk about. You know, we could talk about this group of friends. Um, I always assumed there were four. I don't know that there were four. I guess two people could have carried this guy. Um, I always thought four made the, made the most sense, but they could have been 20. I don't know. But it was the, the scripture says some friends um, who carried this guy on the mat. We could talk about their friends. Um, kind of interesting. Luke doesn't name any of them. He doesn't name the friends. He doesn't name the guy who was healed. Neither does Matthew, neither does Mark. Uh, they're never named. Now, a lot of times in Scripture, people are named. But maybe this is just another uh, uh, example of you don't have to be someone famous uh, for, uh, uh, to be well used by Jesus. You don't have to be well known to be well used by Jesus. We could talk about their determination, and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, 
we could talk about the response of the crowd. We could talk about the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and why they were there. We could talk about the other people who were there hoping that they might be healing. We could talk about the people who were just, I'm just here to be amazed. I heard about this guy, Jesus, and now here he is. Um, The teachers and the uh, Pharisees, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they are accusing Jesus in their minds of blasphemy. No, No one but God can forgive sin. How would Jesus prove that? Now, how could you prove, okay, I've just forgiven his sin? Uh, so Jesus says, which is easier to do? Forgive sin or say, get up and walk? And to prove that I can do one, I'm going to do the other. You know, we can talk a lot about that. Um, of course, both are quite impossible for man. Um, we could ask the question, why did this guy go home? I read this story and I wonder, why did he go home? If you say, get up and walk, he gets up and goes home. I think if I'd have been him, you know, I'm going to hang out with you a while, Jesus. If you can do this, uh, I'm going to stick around you a while. Um, But he goes home. Uh, We can talk about the fact that people were amazed. Rightfully so. But again, I kind of want to focus on when Jesus saw their faith. And and I think about uh, scriptures like Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to please God, and I know you do too. So the Hebrew writer says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We better get this faith thing right. Because he didn't say without faith, it's much more difficult to please God. And he doesn't say without faith, you know, that you don't have quite as good a chance as pleasing God. What he says is, the Hebrew writer says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then Romans chapter 1, Paul tells us the righteous will live by faith. So, I want to be righteous. I want to please God. And I want to get a handle on not just what faith is, but what does faith look like? Would Jesus look at me and say, "Um, your faith is impressive. Would Jesus look at me and say, I see your faith. And what would it take? What would I have to be doing for Jesus to be impressed with my faith? What does it look like? Um, Let me make a couple observations. And I'm going to tell you up front, you're going to accuse me of making some preacher points. And you're going to be right. I'm just going to defer to the fact that I am a preacher. And so I'm going to go ahead and make them anyway. Um, but some observations of what does faith look like? What would cause Jesus to say, I I see you're a person of faith. I'm impressed with your faith. And the first is that faith sees the needs in other people. And I think that's got to be a component of it. You know, what we know about these friends of this man are, is, is the fact that they are friends of this man. And they see that this man has a need. Now, they don't see the same need that Jesus sees, not not initially at least. At least we don't think they do. But they say, hey, this is a friend of ours, and he has a need, a deep need. A deep need that that maybe we can help him with. And they're, they're good enough friends, but also they have enough faith to know the best thing we can do is get them to Jesus. We can't take care of these needs. 
But the best thing that we can do is get them to Jesus. And so they get them to Jesus. Now, here's why I say this is so important. Because we all know people who are struggling with something. We all know people who have needs. You know, physical needs or emotional needs, spiritual needs, relationship. We know people who have these these just pressing needs. And intellectually, we know, you know what you need? You need Jesus. And we know the best thing I can do would be to introduce this person to Jesus, co-worker or friend, you know, family member. We know we ought to help him find Jesus. But we don't get him to Jesus. We don't connect the need and the solution. We just say, well, I'm going to pray for that person. And I'm going to I'm going to look for the perfect opening. Um, these guys had a friend who had a need. And they said, I'm going to get my friend to Jesus. Um, and they do. Um, they share a, a common uh, objective, a common goal. They're in this thing together. You know, I think faith is someone who sees people with a need. And they connect that person with Jesus. And then also, in, in this story, Jesus sees their faith. Well, that faith involved action. They actually did something. Now look at verse 18 again. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Look at all the action words that are in that one verse. They came, they carried, they tried. Again, they didn't just sit around saying, well, it's a shame that our friend's paralyzed. Wish there was something they could do. Somebody, maybe it was collective, but somebody in that group said, maybe we can do something. Somebody, maybe it was collective, somebody said, you know what? Jesus is in town. The miracle worker. Why don't we take him to Jesus? Um, these guys realize they have an opportunity. They might not have the opportunity at another time. They have the opportunity now. So they came, they brought, they carried, uh, they acted. You know, faith for them was not theoretical. Yes, we believe that Jesus can do this. Well, let's, let's see if he'll do it. You know, let's get our friend there. Um, they realized this window of opportunity might be short. And then once they get there, once they came, they brought, they carried, faith is sometimes interrupted. I thought it was going to sound like a preacher point, but okay. But it's true. Faith is sometimes interrupted. Um, verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. Put yourself in their shoes for a minute. We're going to do this. We're going to get our friend. We're going to take him to Jesus. But it turns out that a whole lot of other people had the same idea. There's a lot of people in the house. They're not all there for the same reason, but there's a lot of people in the house. They're all there to see Jesus. And nobody's leaving anytime soon. Um, have you ever been there? Have you ever got kind of fired up? I'm, 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 I'm we. We're going to do something. I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to step out on faith because I think it's the right thing to do. And you just start hitting roadblock after roadblock. You know, or the scheduling falls through, or uh, somebody backs out, or or the resources. You know, the money's not there. Um, your intentions are noble. Your your goal is set. Your your motives are pure. But man, at every turn, there's there's just some reason why this shouldn't happen. It's not gonna happen. Uh, you know, it's a language barrier. Uh, not enough space. You know, 
Um, and I got people telling me it can't be done. We've never done it that way. These guys, their interruption, their obstacle was the crowd. This massive humanity. And they could have said, it is what it is. They could have said, I guess it's not going to happen today. You know, they could have said, you know, we, we tried. All we can do is try, right? Um, definitely had a need. Definitely came up with a solution. Better luck next time. But they don't allow themselves to be interrupted. And again, I don't know if it was one guy. I don't know if it was collective uh, agreement, but there's a whole lot of people here trying to get in the house. I picture this at least as, you know, people hanging out the windows and the doorway and, and people kind of crowding around the house. And one of those guys kind of looks at the flat roof. And he says, you know, we could. And another guy says, you're not thinking what I think you're thinking. And he says, well, I'm thinking what you think I'm thinking. No one else here has thought of it yet, but I'm thinking it. And somehow they agree that they're going to carry this guy up on top of the roof, which would have been flat, which would have been you know, possible to, to move things away and make a hole in the roof. No one else has thought of that. No one else has done that. These guys are going to do it, which brings me to my next point about faith is faith is tenacious. And the deeper your faith, the more tenacious it will be. These friends, they are not going to be dissuaded. I mean, they're not thinking outside the box. They're off the page on this thing. You know, there's a lot of people. No one's thought about going to the roof. These guys think about going to the roof. Again, there's a lot of people in the house. There are people there who are just there, and they're in the process of learning to love Jesus. And there's people there, and they're in the process of learning to hate Jesus, if we're honest. And there's people there, I'm sure, that are just wanting to be amazed. They just heard about Jesus. Um, these men, they go to the roof, and they cut a hole in the roof, and they lower this guy down. Question, thinking about faith. Thinking about your faith, thinking about my faith. When's the last time you cut a hole in the roof? metaphorically when's the last time you cut a hole in a roof when's the last time you said you know we're just gonna do it because it's the right thing to do we're not gonna let something stop us we're gonna figure out a way um, I want you to hear a quote that I that I found somewhere years ago but I love it I love it so much it's in my office but here's the quote I wish I knew who said it um, I would be glad to give them the, the, the credit. Uh, maybe you know, but, um, but here's the quote. When a church is just as concerned about those they're trying to reach as they are about those they're trying to keep, they'll get pretty creative in the ways they help bring people to Jesus. That is a great quote. Let me say it again. When a church is just as concerned about those they are trying to reach as they are about those they are trying to keep, they'll get very creative in the way they introduce people to Jesus. If you don't get anything else from tonight, take that away with you. Uh, 
When a church is focused on providing opportunities for people to be introduced to Jesus, to encounter Jesus, I'm telling you, we'll open every door and we'll open every window and we'll cut a hole in the roof if we have to. And it might not be my way and it might not be your way and it might not be some way we've ever done it before. But if it's God's way, I'm telling you, it's the right way. If it's introducing people to Jesus, it's the right thing to do. Um, and again, the more we love Jesus and the more we love people, the more tenacious our faith will be. And when we exhibit tenacious faith, my last point about faith is God honors faith. You know, this story teaches us that God will honor our faith. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw their faith and he reacted. And I'm just guessing here, I'm supposing, but I suppose that is not what this man wanted to hear. I don't know anything about this man. We don't know his name, we don't know anything about him. But when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, to a guy who is lying on a mat in front of him, I'm going to guess that's not what he was hoping to hear. When his friends heard Jesus say, your sins are forgiven. I don't know if they were disappointed or not. I don't, but I used to think, oh, they had to be devastated. That had to be just the worst thing they could have heard. And yet Jesus said, these guys have faith. And if I'm a person of faith and I hear someone, I hear Jesus, not someone, I hear Jesus say, your sins are forgiven. It's the best. It's as good as it gets. Leave me on the mat. But this man just received what he needed the most. And again, I don't know what, what their reaction was. But I do know that Jesus's response was perfect. Jesus sees this guy and he sees a guy. Here's a guy with needs. Here's a guy with serious needs. And you've come to the right place. And by faith, you've come to the right place. And I'm going to take care of your need. I'm going to forgive your sins. And of course, it was a teaching moment for Jesus. It was because the Pharisees and the teachers were like, oh, that's blasphemy. No one can do this but God. You know, Jesus in a, in a can do this but God. And to prove that I can forgive sins, to prove that I am who I said I am, I'm going to do one to prove the other. Pick up your mat and walk. And the guy does. Um, son, your sins are forgiven. One version says, son, one version says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus takes care of this guy's greatest need. Um, you've heard me, you've heard other people say this all the time, but I am so convinced it is so true. Our greatest problem is sin. It's our biggest, greatest problem is sin. Our greatest need is forgiveness. I don't care what your finances, I don't care what your health, I don't care what your relationships, I don't care what your family's like. Your biggest need, my biggest need is forgiveness, which means our greatest gift was the cross. I think if we ever started to understand just how destructive and how alienating sin is, how precious forgiveness is, no one can forgive but God. Absolutely. And the gift of the cross, I think our faith would be so obvious 
that people would look at us and say, I see your faith. I, I see your faith. They might not agree with it. They might not appreciate it. They might not understand it. But I think if we understood my greatest problem is sin, my greatest need is forgiveness, my greatest gift is the cross. If I lived my life more focused on those realities, I think people would see my faith. Um, yeah, that's my thought for tonight. Um, what a gift we've been given. What an opportunity we have, not just to talk about faith. You know, it's not just something we talk about on a you know, Bible class, but actually going out and, and living our faith. Um, yeah. Let me end with prayer and then uh, stick with me. And I want to um, share an announcement or two. I'd also want to make sure that you're aware of some people in some uh, situations we need to be praying about uh, in, in a really specific way. Um, you get these on vital concern, and I, and I know that some of you are, are watching right now and you don't get vital concern. If you don't get, please call the office. It's a daily email that shows up in your email. And the beauty is we get to pray for people in real time. Um, and so you really need to be taking advantage of that. But uh, a couple of people that I, that I want to re be reminding you of for tonight is uh, George Klein. George got some very sobering great news this week. Uh, we've been praying for George. He uh, was diagnosed with a, uh, um, a form of leukemia that is, instead of being acute and deadly, is uh, more chronic and manageable. And... Um, and so George is the first to say, I'm going to praise God for that diagnosis. And I want to be praying that the right treatments are put in place for, for George to, to get feeling better. Uh, but um, I want to thank God that, uh, that that was a diagnosis and not something worse. Um, I want to be prayerful for Gary Lambert, who is continuing to, to kind of uh, recoup and heal and, and strengthen at home. Thanks for the prayers for my dad, Harold Stutzman. Had what we thought was a stroke. It was actually a condition called a chronic stroke. It was a, it was an acute seizure, um, and uh, he's in the process of getting some medication and kind of handling that. Uh, David Harkins needs to stay on our prayer list. Uh, Kayla, I don't know if Kayla's uh, with us tonight or not. She usually is. I know she's home. Uh, we're going to continue to pray for you, Kayla. Uh, glad that your accident, car accident, wasn't worse than it was. Glad you're able to be home. No better place to heal than home. Um, Ron and Betty McCormick were diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. And I know a lot of our, a lot more, too many of our friends and family are having those kind of diagnoses. So I want to be prayerful for them as well. Um, let's, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer right now. Father, we are uh, just really thankful that you recognize our needs. And when you look at us, just like when Jesus looked at that man, you see our most pressing need and that is forgiveness of our sins. And not only do you see that need, but you have, you addressed that need in the only way it could be addressed, and that's the cross. So Father, would you remind us of the blessing that is ours because of your son? And would you remind us to be living out our Christian walk in a way that people see us the same way Jesus saw those men and say, that's a person of faith. That's a person who their actions, 
as well as their words, uh, show that they believe in something beyond themselves. And Father, thank you for that. Pray that you'd be with the people that I just mentioned in a very special way, if it's healing, if it's comfort, uh, if it's forgiveness. I uh, pray that you would bless them in a special way tonight. Uh, continue to be with us. Thank you for your forgiveness that's, that's uh, ongoing. Help us to continue to walk in the light. Uh, help us to uh, allow that blood of Christ to continually cleanse us from all wrongdoing. Uh, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for sticking with me. Let me um, share a couple. Of, first, any, uh, anything that I need to be sharing, Martha? Any comments that... Um, you need shared? Okay. Martha doesn't have any. Uh, George, I see, said I had Matt helping me with the tech, of course. Yeah. I got Martha helping me. Um, we could barely get my laptop turned on, and I kid you not, at like five till, I'm like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay. couple announcements. I'm digressing. Um, sign up for worship on Sunday. Be sure you, you can um, go to the website. You can go, although somebody told me today they had a hard time finding it on the website. Uh, you can go to all the Facebook, um, the BACC members, and uh, I think, the, I'm, I'm sure, the public page, because I was there today. Uh, you can sign up on the public, Bayer Church of Christ public Facebook page. Um, you know, this isn't, we're not trying to make people jump through hoops. We're just trying to plan and be um, safe. And um, it's already what? YouTube. It's on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, and if you can't figure it out, any of it, call the office. We'll sign you up. Uh, but it really helps with preparations. Um, and we're asking you to do that before noon tomorrow, which means the best time to do it is just right now. Uh, in the next 10 minutes or so, you get it done. Um, also, be sure and be planning for the fall festival. That is this Saturday. You know, Angie and, and Robbie and uh, their ministries. In the past years, have done this in a big way. It's always one of our biggest outreaches to the community. The decision was made, we can't do that this year. We can't invite people in and put them in close proximity and expect them to, to do safe things. Uh, so instead, it's a little bit more inward focused, but there's still been a ton of planning to make this um, encouraging and fun, fun for the kids and adults. This is not a faith lane thing. This is not a youth group thing. This is for the whole church family. But they're asking you to sign up as well, just so they can get numbers right. There's going to be some snacks and foods and uh, pumpkin carving contest and pie you eating contest. You have to sign up for the pumpkin carving contest. You have to sign up for the pie eating contest. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, I saw who was signed up. There's a ringer signed up. I would love to see him taken down. Somebody sign up and take this guy down. I've never you seen him beaten. You know um, who you are. You know who you are. Don't say you know who you are. I've never seen him beaten in an eating contest, but I'd love to see him dethroned. Um, sign up for that. Sign up just if you're going. Sign up for the movie. Uh, the movie Monsters University. It's a real G-rated, friendly, funny, uh, clever, you know, Halloween kind of movie that's not Halloween-ish. So um, the contests begin at 5.30. You need to be there at 5.30. Uh, the movie begins at 6.45. Um, you know, come and, come and see everybody in person. Come and uh, we'll wear a mask and we'll be outside. We'll be outside. 
Um, you can stay in your car and watch the movie if you want, or you can bring a lawn chair and watch it outside. You know, we'll, I'm telling you, we can stay six feet apart pretty easy and still have a lot of great fellowship. You saw that um, even even those really old elders, if you saw the announcement that was put on our, our Facebook pages that the, the group of really old men, uh, our elders have decided that we need a little bit, have a little bit of fun. So big shout out, big props to Angie and Robbie for putting this together. And um, let's show them that we appreciate it. So thanks for being with me tonight and look forward to seeing you on Saturday night and then Sunday night.